For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Okri, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. Uh, This is the show where I believe in the Detroit Lions. By the end of this episode, so will you. Um, Really excited today. This is normally when I'd have uh, Paul from Tampa on. We've been talking free agency. I know uh, Paul's got a lot going on right now, so I told him I would take this one solo. Um, but I'm going to talk about some of the things that we were going to discuss. Uh, just do it on a solo show today. So uh, really excited that you Detroit Lions fans have joined me. This should be a fun show. One, one thing I'm trying to figure out is like, okay, we got through free agency. We got through the draft. We're in this no man's land in regards to our country and the things that are going on. Um, trying to figure out how best to to break down some topics for you. So I had a bunch of ideas, but it's kind of like, I don't think I've done this show yet, and I think it's an important one to do. So I want to talk today about free agency and the draft, kind of how f- uh, free agency supplemented the draft, the draft uh, helped free agency, and what that might mean for the team going forward. I also want to talk about team building kind of maybe how the Lions have done it based on where they put certain resources and maybe how I would do it, you know, if I was uh, building a team in regards to what I think is important, things like that. And then, again, just looking forward to 2020 and beyond, kind of some expectations type thing as we end up uh, end the show here. So, uh, again, I, I believe in this team, B-L-E-A-V in this team. You can find me on Twitter, at Derek Okri. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I'm always talking Lions fantasy football, all types of things on there. I really enjoy interacting with all the different Lions fans out there, Michigan Wolverines fans, fantasy football enthusiasts. It's always a great time. So um, let's go ahead and get right into it. I just kind of made some some general notes here. I'll talk my way through it. So when the Lions went into free agency, they had a lot of money to spend. They really did. And it was kind of, you know, lots of Lions fans, including myself, we were excited like, hey, this might be – the biggest year Bob Quinn has had because he has money. He's been able to build this roster for two plus years under Matt Patricia. The wins haven't been there. The success hasn't been there. I think I saw a stat the other day on Twitter. They were the most injured team in the NFL, one of the top uh, most injured teams last year. That wasn't surprising, but it was, uh, you know, reinforcing to see that was an actual fact because that's definitely what it felt like. And so they win a free agency with a bunch of money. Now, the, the first thing most people think, oh, man, let's let's go get a star. Let's go get a blue chipper. Let's go get a game changer. I mean, for the fifth year in a row, basically since Bob Quinn has been here, he has not done that. He hasn't went out, got the top echelon players. He hasn't spent big money. The closest he's come is giving top-end money to Trey Flowers, a young guy, 25, 26 years old, that has the size, the mentality, 
and as a scheme fit that they look for. Everybody else they brought in is kind of like a under-the-radar type or kind of he, he tries to go for the up-and-coming, like, hey, maybe we can get this guy. He's he's coming off a couple decent years. Maybe we'll sign him, and he could be, you know, a, a, a really good football player for the next two, three, four years, whatever it may be. I don't think that's worked out great for Bob Quinn. I mean, he he's built a decent squad. I, I always support the roster as a whole because I think it's a it's a solid, young, inexpensive, potentially explosive roster on offense and defense. But it's definitely not one that you've got guys on the NFL billboard or you've got people that he's went out and just spent big money to bring in that changed the dynamic of the Detroit Lions from top to bottom. So. Thought this might be the year, you know. There were there were some guys out there that would have been nice. He, he decided to go a different route. So, in free agency, when I'm looking at it, you know, they went out and spent big on a right tackle, Hal Vitae. They went and got a versatile linebacker, yet older, but still a guy that's um, had a lot of success in the scheme. And Jamie Collins, they traded for a single high ball hawking type safety in Deron Harmon. Seems like a great locker room guy as well. They were able to pick up Trufant, a veteran corner who got cut loose, uh, may be on the downside of his career, or may have just been beat up the last couple of years and may have a good amount of juice left. That's a that's it might be a sneaky signing. They went and got Danny Shelton. He's kind of a young-ish nose tackle, a guy that can plug the middle as well as go after and get people, you know, in the run game and, and do some other things. Should be a nice nice addition. And they kind of play the upside game on an older type player and Nick Williams, a guy that had a bunch of sacks last year, didn't have much production before. So when you're looking at that, you know, I just kind of put, you know, to me, how Vitae is a question mark. Um, Jamie Collins, I just wrote vet next to his name, you know, a vet guy. I, I, he's a wild card for me a little bit, you know, is he going to come in here and be a, an absolute baller or is he going to be a guy that we're just saying we're paying this guy 10 million. Oh man. Um, I really hope it's the the former, you know, that he comes in and plays really good football, but another vet that knows the scheme and has had some success in the NFL as a bonus. You've got, I've got vet next to Jerron Harmon. Again, I mentioned it, great locker room guy. We haven't had a safety since GQ was back there that can go get the football as well as be able to play that single high role and let other safeties move around, come down in the box, make tackles and, you know, man up with our corner. So, I think that'll be a really nice addition. He seems really happy to be here and a guy that could be a fan favorite, in my opinion. Um, Trufant, again, I, I wrote vet next to him as well, just because he could be one of those vets you bring in where everybody talks him up, and when he goes out and plays, he just doesn't play at optimal level for a number one, number two type corner. Put a lot of pressure on the rookie, you know, Okuda, if he's not good, but if he plays well, that could be really... Um, helpful for the team as well. And I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I guess I'm, I, I believe B-L-E-A-V in uh, Durant, um, um, Trufant, but you know, I, you hate to t- say it, but you almost got to take that wait and see approach. Danny Shelton, I'm pretty set on that. He's going to not only be solid, but be similar, kind of a little bit lesser level, obviously than what we had with snacks in 2018, but I think you'll be an upgrade from the snacks we had in 2019. I mean, how could you not be, um, he's young. He seems like he's found himself. He's a really big guy. I remember coming out in the draft. It was like, man, they do not make guys like this that are this big, that are this athletic and can move around. I mean, I think a couple years later, you know, the guy that went to uh, that went to Tampa Bay was in that similar mold, kind of 
And uh, I don't know. I, I'm just excited to have him on the team. I'm hoping for the next couple of years he can kind of be that really big body, that somewhat uh, hard-nosed beast in the middle of that front line that can really do some things for the Lions. And then Nick Williams, I put another question mark. You know, I I feel like people are assuming he's the pass-rushing DT, but he only had that one-year production. So um, they gave him a decent chunk of money. He's really going to have to ball out. He does seem like a good guy as well and somebody that can be a, a nice piece in the locker room as well as a, a leadership role. But I still don't know they have enough juice for when it comes to defensive line, either in the middle or at the edges. We'll wait and see. So, so that was kind of free agency. I, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else. Uh, I feel like that was... That was most of the the main players that that we got. We didn't add anything big in uh, in free agency. I guess I need to somewhat include Danny Amendola. I mean, he's a free agent. They ended up resigning him. So, um, you know, adding that veteran receiver, a guy that knows his role, a hard worker, that that was key as well. And, and when you look at the draft, like we'll just start there with Amendola. So they brought back him. They're like, all right, we're set. We've got we got Kenny. We got Marv, we got Danny. Those are our top three. Totally takes the pressure off of taking a high second-round receiver. I know a lot of people were like, go out and get a Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you know, let, let's go bring in, you know, um, Pittman. Let's go get some of these, you know, high second, third-round type receivers. The Lions kind of set themselves up where they didn't have to do that, but I do think they got a sneaky upside type, you know, pretty consistent I you know I, I'm I'm not very worried that Cephas is going to come in here and be a complete bust you know I think he brings things to the table that are pretty tangible I also think he can do some of the things they like to do and I'm excited about that so that that's how you supplement free agency in the draft set yourself up in free agency all right we got our three receivers we've got a couple young guys in the pipeline we've got a guy like Marvin Hall that can go up over the top and get it now, let's just play the draft board, wait and see what we can get, and see what makes sense for the football team. So, I thought that was, that was a great way to work it. Let's just go down the draft here, I guess, and kind of talk about it, and then we'll see how they mix. Um, talk about that as I go, too. So, they went and got Jeff Okuda at the top of the draft. To me, that was... Some people call that a, you know, a this for that. Kind of like, well, you got rid of Slay, you got Okuda. How does that help you? Well... Okuda makes, you know, fractions of what Slay wanted to make and what he's now making with the Philadelphia Eagles. What's Okuda like 21, 22 years old? Slay was getting towards 30. That's that's a big flip right there. He's also a little bit more grimy when it comes to tackling, you know, get up in your face, make plays on the football. I like that. And and I think Trufant's a nice vet for him. There was a lot of rumor and innuendo going around that Slay always had to be the big dog. He always had to be the number one in the room. He didn't want anybody coming in that could could possibly push him for that role. Or I, I don't know. He seemed like he was decent with the young cats, like he would take them under his wing and whatnot. But he definitely always wanted to be that number one corner without any competition, kind of like they've done with Matt Stafford, where they just had him and they never want anybody that can push him or anybody that can, you know, be close. He's just the guy regardless. It's a little bit different, obviously, at the quarter quarterback position than it is at corner. You know, even if Slay had that mentality, I think it would have been nice if they had brought in a high-priced top-end corner, either in free agency or the draft, while we had Slay. They didn't do that. It was always Slay and a bunch of misfits after that. But, uh, yeah, I think Trufant could be a really nice vet. He seems like a humble guy. He seems like he still wants to play good football. He's not afraid to tackle, not afraid to do some of the other things that you want your guys to do. Hopefully, we'll give some really good habits for the rookie. And then you still got the youth with AO there, and you've got uh, Coleman in the slot. 
I really think that's a nice core group of four or five guys that uh, you can roll deep now. Um, and Okuda just seems like a primetime player. I just wrote star right next to his name because, yeah, you got to get a star when you're picking number three. And, yeah, people can have gripes about, well, do you take a corner, do you not? This guy seems like a slam dunk NFL player. He's going to be a starter from day one. He's going to be, you know, a top 10 type corner, I think, for the majority of his career. Will he have some bumps early? Maybe. But putting him with a nice vet and then having a couple other guys, too, so it's not just Okuda and a bunch of, you know, subpar players, I think is a nice way to supplement free agency in the draft for the Lions. In the second round, 35th overall, they took DeAndre Swift. I mean, the top player on the board, top running back. Now, they didn't bring any running backs in free agency. They really didn't do anything other than Danny Amendola on offense. So that's another reason why I support this draft pick, because you've been kind of fumbling around the last two years. Excuse me, where Carrion has been injured. Carrion's been hit or miss. He's been... Uh, off the field quite a bit with not a ton behind him. So you don't go and add anything in free agency, but hey, here's the top RB basically either in the draft or on the board at the time. He can catch, he can run, he can block. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He came from a good program. He doesn't have a bunch of tread off his tires. He was, was used in a split type role at Georgia. Gosh, I think he fits so many levels. I got a big old star next to his name as well. So also, even though you didn't supplement in free agency, you look at what they had on the roster. It was a smart move to not attack running back. I know I had thrown some things out there about why not just bring Melvin Gordon in here? I've always been a really big Melvin Gordon guy. I think he's a physical beast. I think he can do everything you want from the running back position. And he scores a lot of touchdowns, which I don't know if you guys know this, but that helps you on Sundays. But... They didn't do that. Melvin took kind of a really, you know, marginal offer over there with um, Denver. I think he got like six, seven million bucks a year on two year deal somewhere in that range. So, you know, by not bringing him in, but then drafting Swift as high as they did. I think now it gives you Swift carry on your top two. Hopefully they can just be. I'd like just love to see them be boys. You know, the be, be the best of friends, rooting each other on, getting touches, scoring touchdowns, catching the football. You know, when you're in, I'm out, you know, type of thing. But no no jealousy, no issues. And just two dynamic young backs that can be here for the next three-plus years while the Detroit Lions try to do some things, try to get to the playoffs, try to have a home playoff game. I mean, I think it's going to be exciting to watch. Like That's one of the main reasons I'm like totally rooting for everything to get cleared up in our world and get football because I want to see carry on at 22, 23 years old. I want to see DeAndre Swift at 21 type years old um, running the football for the Detroit Lions every Sunday. Like, I think... You know, yeah, that position can get dinged up, but we know from day one they're going to have both those guys ready to rock and roll, and that's exciting. That really is. So um, really interested to see that and see how they worked the gen- the current roster for those two starters, and you brought in Bo last year, and you invested a fifth-round pick. I think it was in Ty Johnson. Um, Could have been a sixth. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then you're bringing in this Huntley kid, too, who's just got crazy juice. So lots of intriguing things about the running game now. Now, I'm not a proponent of just running the football 30 times a game. I still think you want to throw it around and and do some things there. But I I am excited about how they've molded current roster draft and, uh, and free agent pickups to now finally have not only a good top two, but a decent bit of depth behind them as well. We'll see how it works out.
Uh, at the linebacker position, they brought in a guy who has been comped to Jamie Collins. Uh, who did they bring in a free agency? Jamie Collins. <laughs> so uh, I think that's tremendous. I think the fact that it's crazy how like early on in the draft process, I'd be like, man, it'd be, it'd be cool to bring in Okwara, team up with his brother. Um, you know, that was before the COVID-19 and we didn't think we'd have any training camps, but I really do think that's going to help. So again, that's Bob Quinn using his brain. Hey, we got this kid out there that we think we can get in the second or third round. If he's there in the third round, we team him up with his brother. His brother helps him get up to speed. He can learn under a guy like Jamie Collins, who has a similar type skill set, as well as we can find a role for him day one, year one. And I think that's uh, Julian O'Quara right there. That's that's him in a nutshell. So I love how they molded that. I think that's going to work out really well where the kid will make some plays his rookie year, but he won't be counted on to be like, hey, you're our starting outside linebacker, jet, jack linebacker, you know, however many snaps a game, 80%, 85% of the snaps. No, he's going to be a situational guy. He's going to be able to come along at the right pace. And I think that's exciting. Um, in the fourth, uh, in the third round, they, they went up and got Jonah Jackson. To me, this is tremendous by Bob Quinn. This is why people freak out all the time. Well, why aren't you paying slight? Why aren't you keeping um, Graham Glasgow? It's just like, this guy has a plan, man. He he knows how to turn over assets. He knows how to change up contracts on the fly. And instead of paying Graham, what did Glasgow get? He got like, he got like ten million dollars, eleven million dollars from the Denver Broncos. Like now we drafted Jonah Jackson. To me, is a plug and play guy from day one. He probably has some better attributes than Graham had for us. He. He's got a great mentality, came from a good program. Like all Bob Quinn did there was say, all right, here, take this $11 million guy and I'll go out and get a guy for what's a third rounder make at that point. Maybe, maybe 750 K, you know, a mil on average, you know, over his entire contract. Like what a tremendous movie basically just saved his $10 million, but people just want to look at, oh, well, you got rid of Glasgow. He was a good football player. Yeah. But you, you flip the two and it totally justifies why they didn't go after it in free agency because he knew there were some there were some offensive guards, some interior offensive linemen that he liked in the draft. Why not let the guy go and go get one like he did here with Jonah Jackson? So I got a plus next to Aquara and Jonah Jackson. I think those are two plus players in 2020 and moving forward for the team. The next pick in the fourth round was a bit of a shocker. They went right back to the well and they got Logan Stenberg. Now, the only way I'm going to know if this is a, a good pick is how quickly this guy plays. You know, like everybody in Detroit seems like, oh, Joe Dahl, he's the starter, of course. Joe Dahl was taken in like the late fifth round as an offensive tackle from Washington. Okay, he's come along the last few years. He's been here like four or five years. You'd think he'd come along a little bit. I mean, this is no stud interior offensive lineman. This is no game changer. This isn't a... No doubt he's our guy. So for Stenberg to come in and push him, for Bob Quinn to think maybe Stenberg's just a, an overall better player, a more nasty player, a guy that gives them more in the run game than Joe Dahl, you know, I wouldn't mind it if he's starting, you know, in year one or early in year two. That, that could be another nice draft pick, you know, to protect the quarterback and to help you run the football. But I got a question mark by it to go back to back now. If you notice in free agency, I didn't talk about one interior offensive lineman they brought in. Okay, yeah, they re-signed guys like Abushi and Wiggins and 
gosh, who knows Garnett and they got both, they got tons of interior linemen, but they didn't go out and spend a bunch on, you know, a tackle or, a, or a guard, you know, they spent, you know, market value on Hal Vitae. And of course, like he doesn't have this big track record of being a big pro bowler. So we'll see how that works out. But, you know, they left the guard position empty in regards to big free agent signings. They signed a bunch of low-level veterans, and then they went out and drafted two guys. So, yeah, I guess you can beat it up saying, why would you draft two guys? Why didn't you just draft Jonah Jackson, keep all your other vets, and then go out and get a a, a rush end in that in that mid-fourth round? You know, I think uh, Curtis Weaver was out there, a guy that I really liked. You know, a few other players. Instead, this is how he went. So, Bob Quinn loves him some offensive linemen. I mean, we've seen that since day one. Now, I can't say he's put together a bunch of great ones, but he spent quite a few draft assets and quite a few free agent dollars in that position. So, you know, questionable, but you know, need to, need a good offensive line to protect the quarterback and run the football. We'll see how it works out. Um, next one, they went out and got a receiver. Like I said, I already talked about this one. Basically Amendola is the vet. The top two guys are studs. And now Quintus Cephas from Wisconsin is a guy that will play an Anquan Bolden-esque role for the Lions behind Danny Amendola. Hopefully in 2021, he can be a three or um, maybe even a number two. I would definitely think he's more of a three receiver for the the bulk of his career. But we'll see what the kid does. I mean, I think he's got moxie. He can go out and catch it, score touchdowns. Tough. I like all that. Huntley. Um, Jason Huntley in the fifth round. I mean, I, I, I hated this pick on Twitter. The more I read about him, the more I see him. Of course, I'm coming around saying, yeah, maybe this guy will be fun to watch in the preseason. Maybe this guy will be that new age football player that has speed, elusiveness, catch it, run it, be able to hit the home run every once in a while, help, you know, get us on the scoreboard, maybe win some ball games with a big play here or there. That, that's the most optimistic BLEAV take you will hear about Huntley until he does something. Otherwise, when you heard my 53-man projection, he was not on it. So that I don't love. Again, you didn't address it in free agency, so he spent two resources on the running back position. Now you can call Huntley a receiver type if you want. I don't necessarily see him in that role. I see him as a McKissick slash theoretic type back where he's more of a catching back, more of a speed guy like Javid Best, but not a not a quote-unquote running back that you're going to just hand it to him and see what he can do. Maybe on some of those draws, you know, where Stafford's in, in shoddy and he just hands it off. Maybe you'd see some of that. But other than that, I, I don't see it from the kid. But we'll see what he does. I mean, you have that kind of speed. You watch his highlights. You're like, man, he, he could be something like the Lions haven't had in a while and be fun to watch, and I sure hope so. The last two picks uh, in, in the draft, they went out and got Penasini, nose tackle, just a great backup to Danny Shelton. I feel like those guys are going to play well together, um, play well, you know, when one guy's in, one guy's out type of thing. Um, again, you're, you're bringing in a rookie behind a younger vet that can both learn, but he can also make plays from day one. I think Penasini is a plus player. And he would be a minus player if, if he was a starter or if he had to come in and really do something for the Lions or be counted for. But he's going to have a very specific role. He's going to play a few X amount of snaps, very limited snaps, and he's going to be um, an, an interesting part. You know, Pro Football Focus loved him. I think he's a good player that late in the draft. So, again, didn't add too many defensive tackles, uh, defensive linemen. But you added a couple in free agency, and you added um, one here in the draft that plays a specific role. Now, 
right after that, they went and got another one, more of a three technique out of Ohio State, which, you know, you look at this guy on paper, he looks like, wow, the guy's got an NFL-type physique. You know, he he can move. But, you know, I, I don't think this guy, you know, is going to do anything, um, you know, to help the team. I, I just feel like this is another washout pick in the sixth, seventh round by Bob Quinn. Um, I don't know why the name is escaping me right now. Um, the kid they got out of Ohio State. Who the heck was that? Um, anyway, you guys know who I'm talking about out there. But the the kid's out of Ohio State. He, he has a little bit of athleticism, but I think Bob Quinn just took him because he's like he he looks like a like a three tech that we would like. He's tough. He came from Ohio State. The coaches love him. Um, he can play behind Deshaun Hand for a few years, and maybe we'll have something. Well, you know what you'll probably have is a cut player uh, before the season starts when there were still good players on the board that could have helped you. I mean, would it have killed you to address defensive end or a type of position that could really make some plays? I mean, that would have been nice. So, you know, again, taking two DTs, taking two interior offensive linemen, you know, the way that they molded that with free agency, I didn't love. Um, but we'll see how it works out. Some of the other spots where they where they didn't go big in free agency, but they went big in the draft. I like that. As well as just being able to add a piece in free agency, back it up in the draft. Back it up in free agency, go out and get a guy you think might be more of a star in the draft of that position. I, I think it's very smart when it comes to Bob Quinn building his roster of knowing where the sweet spots are. I mean, why do you think he drafted TJ Hawkinson last year? Because this was one of the worst tight end classes I've ever seen. There's no... Uh, tight ends and free agency this year that were worth a dang. I mean, you can talk about, oh, Austin Hooper. Like, Austin Hooper wasn't coming to Detroit, and he's not that good anyway. He had one good season so far. I mean, he's a he's a he's an upper, above average tight end in the NFL. He's no star. He's going to be decent in Cleveland, but I'll definitely take TJ Hawkinson as a drafted player than I would going out and spending big bucks on a guy like Austin Hooper. So, I think Bob Quinn's very tactical when he does that, molding free agency and the draft to come out with what I think is a pretty improved, pretty exciting, young, cheap, inexpensive, fiscally responsible roster for the Detroit Lions. So that's exciting to see. Um, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll go ahead and get our sponsor in here. we got a sponsor on Believe in Lions, uh, betonline.ag. We'll get an ad in from them. And when we come back, we will... Um, we'll talk about uh, team building in general, as well as uh, just looking forward, kind of what's going to come of these, you know, virtual meetings, training camp, and then uh, what do I expect sort of for this season in regards to maybe how it'll get started and what could be for the Detroit Lions. So we'll talk about all that right here on Believe in Lions after the break. Hey, everybody, real quick before we get back to the show, I mean, while you're waiting out this whole craziness and you're waiting at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partners, betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, but don't worry. BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back, Madden, NBA 2K simulations, UFC, all types of things. And coming next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Curry, and Craig Hodges joining to discuss the Michael Jordan doc on what they call After the Dance. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use promo code 
my pod 100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and use the promo code my pod 100 bet online your online wagering solution everybody we're back from the break thank you so much for listening to our sponsors we really appreciate betonline.ag sponsoring the show just a reminder if you can share this podcast with a friend i know i try to put it out on twitter sometimes i just repost it every day just hoping that uh, you know i know there's tons of lions fans out there hoping that another um, few people every day will see it you know the numbers continue to grow we continue to improve the show as best we can and also just want people to share it around uh, if you love love the lions and you love some of the content on the show just tell a friend about it tell somebody hey you know don't, don't you hit the gym you should listen to believe in lions it gives you different lines content really interesting show that always helps us out you hitting that subscribe button helps us out leaving a review if you listen on itunes takes less than a minute that really helps us out and like i said we're on itunes spotify stitcher tune in google play luminary i mean um just so many different podcast platforms out there that we're at. We're very easy to find. You can always go to believe.com if you want to listen to the show or maybe go to their website and say, what other podcasts are out there? They got 250 plus out there on every topic you could ever think. I mean, if, if you love USC football, there's a USC football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You know, if, if you love uh, running and fitness, there's stuff on there for that as well. So go check it all out. And I just thank all the listeners so much for listening. The show drops every Monday morning, first thing. So you get your Lions content. Raise we break on the week. I can't wait till the season starts. This will be my first season with Believe in Lions where I'll get to break down games. I'll have a lot more content at that point that I can dive deep into. That'll be exciting. And you can also check out my other podcast, which I do twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays with my buddy Grifka. He goes by one name, Grifka. <laughs> Me and him uh, laugh. We tell jokes. We get after each other. We have arguments, um, lots of inside jokes. So if you go listen to that, give it a few weeks. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's called the D. Detroit Kool-Aid cast where we drink it in. We serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid every week for Detroit Lions fans. So check that out as well. All right. I think that's enough plugs, enough promotion. Let's get back into this. So when you're talking about team building, you know, how the Lions have done it basically on how I would do it. Let's let's kind of just look at what Bob Quinn has done in general. When he came in here, he was taking over um, a roster and that, you know, I had a couple good years, you know, they, they had kind of turned a corner under Jim Caldwell. They had got to the playoffs. They had had some decent records. So the first thing Bob Quinn did when he came in here is he kept Jim Caldwell. He wanted to keep the coach and not totally rock the boat. He also went out and got um, Marvin Jones was his first signing. Now, if you go back, I'm not sure if we were doing the podcast at the time, but I was, I was not a big fan of the Marvin Jones signing. I felt like, I knew he was kind of an up-and-coming type receiver and had good athleticism, but I felt like 10, 11 million, 8 million on average, whatever it ended up being, was a little bit much for this guy. Now, the thing was, there really wasn't any other receivers, and Calvin was walking out the door, so, you know, we pretty much had to do it. So that, that was his premier signing that year, a lot of other under-the-radar type signings. He also, um, you know, tried to tried to invest in the offensive line from day one. I mean, his first draft, he went out and got Taylor Decker with his first pick that he made as Detroit Lions GM. 
He brought in Ashawn Robinson on the defensive line, trying to beef that up as well. He went back to the offensive line in that first draft of the third round with uh, Graham Glasgow out of Michigan. Um, you, you know, which just really trenches based, which is what a lot of GMs do. I mean, if I'm team building, that's something I would be considering as well is, you know, the quarterback and the trenches are, would be kind of where you start. Now, people would say, oh, that's old school. That's past. Like, now you got to go get speed receivers. you got to get dynamic running backs. You have to get flashy linebackers, safe, you know, all these things that you see in the NFL today. But the only re- time those work is when your team is able to control the trenches. That means on the offensive and defensive sides of the football. So I think Bob Quinn tried to do that. I don't know that he did the greatest job with the, getting the right players, the right players with really nasty mentalities. I mean, if I'm going defensive and offensive line, I'm looking for really nasty football players that love the game. Also are willing to bury people also are just, you know, coming from those schools that are just known for it, like Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, some of the bigger schools in the SEC, like Alabama, LSU, Auburn, you know, I mean, those, that'd be where I'd be going for talent like that. But you, you got to shore up the trenches and you've got to um, have a quarterback as the first couple of things you do. The other things when it comes to team building that I, you know, put an emphasis on is you go and draft as well as pay the premier positions. And that's left tackle, quarterback, defensive end, corner. You know, you leave positions like linebacker, safety, defensive tackle, running back, um, you know, wide receiver you could pay or you could not like that's one that can go either way for me so I really think you got to spend your dollars in the right place when you're when you're building a team and and to me the biggest thing is like if you look at a an NFL team that's successful usually their quarterback is obviously going to be the either the highest paid player or one of the lower paid players now a lot of people subscribe to this well get a rookie and then you can spend all the money other places the only time that works is when you have a veteran team that is ready to roll and has a young guy that you draft in the first, second, third round. He comes in, he's just a stud, you know, and he makes no money. Okay. Yeah, that can work. If you just think you're going to go get a guy in the top couple rounds on a rookie contract and then build your team up from there, or think that a marginal team is going to get over the hump using that strategy. I don't buy it. You know, the other way to go is to just pay your quarterback 30 some million dollars Make him the leader of your team in every way, especially on the, uh, you know, the financial side of things, and then figure out the rest of your roster from there. I mean, I think that's what most teams in the league do nowadays. I mean, again, you got to have that signal caller, the the guy that throws the football. He's got to he touches every play. He's got to be your leader. He's got to be the best player pretty much on your team in most cases. He's also got to be able to rise other players up, make them better. So, you know, the first thing I'd be looking for is not only who is that guy, but I would be looking for a leader at that position, a guy that can help you just win football games at an ultimate level. Like, you know, everybody goose on Tim Tebow. The guy won ball games. You know what I mean? He came in and led, was a leader of men. 
So could he throw it as good as Matt Stafford? Could he, uh, you know, wing it around the yard like some of these guys? No, but he just found a way to get it done. And the coaches were smart enough to be able to give him situations where he could run, throw, you know, with his skill set. I think that's important. Like you need a guy that's just an absolute winner. I mean, to me, Deshaun Watson is like that now in the NFL where there's guys that are more physically talented, but Sean Watson wins games. He just does things in the most crucial moments and has enough throwing athleticism and just ability that he can just, he can just will his team to win. And that's what you need. So um, I think that, you know, the lions are definitely going to have to, um, you know, they, they have that Matt Stafford, they have a quarterback that's, you know, more than suitable. He's paid accordingly. Um, Bob Quinn, like I said, has tried to address the trenches that hasn't worked out. I think for the most part, he's basically spent in the right areas. You know, some of the players have not worked out. Some of his draft picks have not worked out. But for the most part, like now, people say, well, he's five years in. He doesn't have any of these blue chippers. Nobody's five years in, and there's quite a few players on this team that have not washed out of the league that are not uh, complete bums or busts. They're they're very good starters in the NFL at whatever position they were taken at, and there's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? You don't just throw that away and say, oh, okay, great. He's got like eight, ten starters the last three drafts. Like, big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. So when you're talking about team building, like my thing would be – you know, get a couple premier stars. If in a perfect world, I'd have a premier quarterback, a premier rush end, and a premier left tackle. I'd figure the rest out from there. I'd also always draft over get guys in free agency. I mean, when you do an analysis of a even a mid-tier free agent compared to a, a top-tier draft pick, the the financials are insane. You know, like you can draft a guy in the third round and have him for four years at a million dollars a year. I mean, could you imagine if if somebody would, if the Lions would get a player that's third round quality in free agency and say, all right, here's a here's a four year deal for four million dollars. <laughs> like, people would go crazy. But that's what that's what your draft picks get paid in this current format. So, I would always be trying to not only acquire tons of draft picks, but I would be doing like the, like the freaking Minnesota Vikings have done the last couple of years. Like, I think they had, you know. They probably in the last three drafts have averaged like 12 draft picks per draft. I think they had 15 or 16 this past year. Like, okay, some of those guys aren't going to make your team, but also like you're taking lots of bites at the apple. You're getting lots of young talent that's hungry, that's inexpensive, that come in and either push out vets or can, you know, give that type of competition that you want on your team. So that's the kind of strategy I would be doing if I was team building. Like, give me... Give me 12 to 15 draft picks, you know, over a three, four year span. And I guarantee I'm going to end up with a young, hungry, you know, good salary cap situation when it's all said and done. You, you need to pick your spots on free agency as well as trade. You know, you need to um, know when those moments are to kind of jump on a good trade or be able to deal a big piece for a big piece. Bob Quinn really hasn't done that. You know, he hasn't taken any big swings when it comes to trades or, or or, you know, being willing to give up a big piece on his team to acquire a big piece. I mean, yeah, it's fantasy football, but I feel like I have a pretty good track record of that in fantasy football where it's like, I don't go out and hunt down trades. You'll see these guys in your league, you know, they they just send out like, I don't even know, like 10, 10 trades a week or a few trades a day, just hoping they can find somebody that will bite. I mean, how you find time for that, I don't know. But like what I do is like when somebody engages me of like, hey, would you be willing to deal with this player? The answer is always like, 
sure for the right price. And then I usually get these deals done where I acquire players I like, or I get rid of salaried players, or I pick up future draft picks just based on other people coming to me. And that's what Bob Quinn should do. Like he should be answering the phone all the time. And then if somebody's like, Hey, what do you think about, uh, about dealing, you know, so-and-so you'd be like, you know, you almost got to be open to all of it and be willing to budge on your price as well as be able to get a big deal done. And instead, I think Bob Quinn's much more of a, you know, good GM when it comes to flipping over a contract. So he'll get a guy, he'll use up, you know, the good years of his contract. And then when he's on the bad years, he'll either trade him, get rid of him, um, move on with a new, younger, different contract. I think he's good at that, but I don't think he's good at like dealing with the other GMs in regards to sure. You know, you, you want Marvin Jones, like, you know, a year or two ago. Sure. I mean, maybe well, what do you want to give me for him? You know, he's a young receiver. He's been productive instead. I think he's more just like, Oh no, I'll keep Marvin Jones. You know, where I would just be like, tell me what you're going to give me for him. And I'll tell you if I'm willing to deal him. Right. And like I say, in fantasy, that's always worked out for me. I feel like I get a good amount of trades done every year, but I'm not out there. Hey, I'm, I'm going to call every GM every day, or I'm going to be out there just trying to deal all my players. No. And then there's, there's some players that are off limits. Some people ask me about certain guys. I'm like, nope, not looking to trade him. Not interested. So you, you just got to have that good balance. And I don't know that Bob Quinn has always found that or, or shown that ability. But again, team building, quarterback, defensive end, left tackle, draft a lot of players, make a couple dynamic trades, spend very limited resources in free agency, and hope you hit on the right guys. You know, the draft is a hard thing, but if you hit on the right guys, you should be able to have a good football team in the, in a three, five-year window if you build it that way. So, um, you know, that's what I got there. And to end the show, I mean... Again, COVID-19, where we're at, we're heading into June. I, I'm just shocked that the, the country has been shut down the way it has. I feel like everybody that's smart knows that we gotta got to be safe. Like, the world isn't going to be back to normal. You go outside, you should be having your gloves, your mask, whatever it is. Um, you know, when it comes to sports, I've, I feel like everybody's like, we got to have sports back. I'm like... You know, I'm just at the point where, like, we've been dealing with this for two, three months now. Like, we have to get back to some type of normalcy as a world. I mean, got to get the economy back going. You have to sort of um, restart things in a safe manner. Now, that if that means extra protective measures, fine. If that means some sports can't restart, fine. If that means, you know, we have to wait on certain luxuries in our life, fine. But... You know, to me, the way I see it shaping out is like as we get into June, people realize it's gone on a really long time. We have to sort of try some things. So you'll see the other sports try as well as the NFL open their facilities, let their coaches in, you know, maybe try a couple of these very limited mini camps of some sort. If all that goes well, they'll go to the next step. If something bad happens, they'll kind of they may stop or they may say, all right, now we, we're not sure if we'll be able to start on time. But if all that goes well and we progress into June, July, I would hope that by the end of July, like we have, you know, teams are starting to come together. Hey, sure. Training camp, no fans will be able to come. I always love going to training camp. I'm not going to be able to do it in 2020. Big freaking deal. You know, no, no big issue on my end, but I would love to the players and all the personnel that, 
Um, this is what they do for a living. Find a way to test them. Find a way to test them every day. Find a way to quarantine them in a certain way. So it's like, hey, I know it's going to be tough on you, but this is your job. You get paid millions of dollars. Like we're going to have to put you up in these hotels or, you know, secluded areas so that you're not cross pollinating with people for this year, you know, and by the end of this year, I'd assume you got vaccines and other treatments and, and this will be behind us. But for 2020, it's probably going to be an issue all year long, but I see the end of, you know, June, July, even into August, like, Hey, we got over a few hurdles. Like we know how to test. We know how to keep people safe. We know that we're going to have a few cases here or there with our athletes, but that's going to be the risk we take this year. Like, Hey, yeah, it's going to, it's going to suck for somebody if, if their top player comes down with this and has to be out multiple weeks and, and hopefully nothing worse than that. Right. But that's going to be the risk you take this year. It's going to be a little bit of like, Hey, if we want to play, if we want to do some things, we know that a couple teams might get short change as well as it's just going to be a tough year with no training camp, no fans, whatever it is. But I really see it being a, a year that is okay. It's okay for people to say, hey, I'm not going to go to a football game this year, but I hope that we have football. Hey, I'm not going to be able to enjoy certain things in my life, go out to restaurants, go to hang out with big groups of people, but it's okay. Like It's going to be a year of your life doing that, and then I think we'll be past it. Um, I think the NFL, NBA, NHL are going to find a way to play games with no fans as well as um, – you know, just kind of figure a way to do it and then know that, hey, before you know it, they are, um, I don't know, they're going to, they're going to get through this and then be like, hey, remember that year when like everything was upside down? Yeah, that, that sucked, but we all made it through and now we're back to a sense of normalcy. I don't think this is like the new normal for the next five years, the next decade, we're going to have to deal with these repercussions other than some things in the economy wise, but you know, for this next year, people, I think just have to assume my life isn't going to be normal. I'm not going to be able to do some of the things I love to do, but that's okay. I think football players are going to have to realize like this is going to be a normal training camp. Games aren't going to be the same. Um, I'm going to have a bunch of annoying things I'm going to have to do before the game, after the game, before practice, after practice. That's okay. You know, you just do it. And we as sports fans will get a, a new version of sports in 2020. And then hopefully in 2021 and beyond, we'll just remember that year. That was a mess, you know, but we'll see what happens. I think the lions have a really up and coming roster. I hope that they can get a season in. If the lions made a run in a year with no fans, no nothing. Some people will say, Oh, that's so lions or, Oh, you know, that's only fitting. Like, would you really care? You know, to me, it would just be fun to see the lions rip off a bunch of W's, make a run, um, have some great success. And then, you know, yes, we'd love to enjoy it as fans, but if we can't, like it would just pump up the city on all types of levels. And we would know then, Hey, 2021, when everything's back rolling, like, we're, we got a great football team we're excited about. And I think when you look at this roster and you talk about Stafford, Swift, Carrion, Hawkinson, Marv, Kenny, uh, Danny, uh, offensive line improvements, you move to the defensive side of the ball, Flowers, Collins, Tracy Walker, um, Okuda, you know, these different type of players we have on the team, Tavai, Jared Davis. Like, these are guys that are going to be 
I think they're coming into their own. I really do. I, I recognize the issues they've had, but I think that that could be not only a fun team to watch, this could definitely be a team that the city gets behind in regards to some fun personalities, some good guys that you can root for, some humble guys, which Detroit loves, and a team that all you got to do out, go out and do is win. You win 7-3, to three, you can win 41-38, it doesn't matter. Just go out and win ball games. And I, I think that's what they're going to try to do. Fans, no fans, COVID-19, regular, normal year, whatever it ends up shaking out to be. I think the Lions are, are poised for a, a nice 2020 and beyond. And you know how I think that? Because I, B-L-E-A-V, I believe in the Detroit Lions. Thank you guys so much for listening to Believe in Lions. That's all I got for you. I'll catch you next Monday right here on Believe in Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.